0: Hello everyone, it's Mark Whedaker here. Welcome to the NT pod, the podcast all about the New Testament and Christian origins. Today we're going to be looking at the topic of the other number of the beast. Everybody knows about the number of the beast. What is the number of the beast? Straight away, people will say 666, 666, whether it's through, I don't know, a horror film, whether it's through a heavy metal album, or whether it's just through generally knowing about these things culturally. It's just one of those most common motifs that people are familiar with. People are more likely to be able to tell you about the number of the beast than they are to be able to tell you, let's say, the names of the 12 disciples, or to be able to list the 10 commandments. It's one of those things that's just deeply embedded in our culture. They'll even know where the number of the beast comes, which book of the Bible it comes, the very last book, the book of Revelation. Though unfortunately, quite often, this is given incorrectly as the book of Revelations with an S, something that's always going to drive your New Testament teacher to distraction if you say that. One of my favourite, fun websites lists all sorts of different kinds of numbers of the beast. You know, it's things like 668, the next door neighbor of the beast, or 665.95, the retail price of the beast, or 656.66, the Walmart price of the beast. And so it goes on. The funny thing about these alternative numbers of the beast though, is that there's a genuine alternative number of the beast that goes back very early indeed. It may even be the original reading of the book of Revelation. Let's remind ourselves of where it occurs in Revelation. It's in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 18, and this is how it normally reads. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. Now that's the usual reading of the text, and it's based on the vast majority of manuscripts that we have that witness to Revelation. But very early on, One of the early church fathers, called Irenaeus, discusses an alternative number of the beast that he knows about, and this alternative number of the beast is 616. He specifically talks about it as being 50 less than 666. Up until recently, we didn't have much more evidence for this alternative reading. But then, in among a whole bunch of manuscripts, fragments of manuscripts from Oxyrhynchus in Egypt there was found one of revelation and it's one of our very earliest fragments of revelation and when we get to the part that represents revelation 1318 to our amazement You look at the text, and there, as clear as day, in Greek letters, you get 616, this alternative reading. So could that have been the original reading of the text? Well, lots of people think that indeed it could have been. This is only very recent history that this has been uh, made known, and you can see nice colour images of this alternative reading for free on the internet. So what's going on with this alternative number 616 instead of 666? What does the text actually tell us here? Is it telling us anything? Well, of course, to a large extent, things like this are lost to history and one of the things that the exegete has to do is try and reconstruct what the original writer, what the original readers understood by this. But there's one thing which we can do and that's to try and work out what kind of figures in antiquity might have been pointed to by these numbers. Now the ancients saw letters as having a kind of numerical value. Indeed, when you look at the Greek manuscripts of Revelation, they don't write it out in our kind of Arabic numerals, 666, like in the three letters 666 or 616, they write it out in Greek letters. And each of these Greek letters actually has a kind of numerical value that can tell you all sorts of things about mysterious cosmic realities, and that's how they used sometimes these kind of number and letter mysteries. Now, when you get to 666, you have to ask the question, what did the author of the book of Revelation think that he was pointing to? Well, some of the earliest writers that were reflecting on the Book of Revelation, and then again many people, as time went on, thought that the reference in Revelation 13 was to one of the Roman emperors, and the person they thought it was referring to was Nero, Nero Caesar. And there's good reason that they thought it referred to Nero Caesar, because the letters Nero Caesar if you transliterate them over into Hebrew and take the Hebrew numbering equivalents for each of those letters and then add them all up, you get six hundred and sixty-six. So traditionally, Nero has been seen to be the target of John's invective here in Revelation. And indeed, because there are other parts of Revelation that might well allude to Nero, this is often seen to be one of the best options. But If you then say, well, perhaps the earliest text, perhaps John's original text said 616, what do we do then about the possibility of 666 as referring to Nero? Well, 616 could also refer to Nero, because if you do it in Latin letters and have it as Nero Caesar without the nu, the N that you have in the Greek, and then transliterate that into Hebrew, indeed it does come out, 50 less, a 616, so it could still be referring to Nero. However, there is a real problem with 616, and that's that equally plausibly, it could be Gaius Caligula, who was a much earlier Roman emperor, and it could be that this was the original number of the beast. Gaius Caligula was somebody who was also hated by many early Christians and also many early Jews because he tried to set up a statue of himself in the temple court. Well, of course, on one level, this is all rather Mm. infuriating. When we're interpreting the New Testament, don't we want some answers? Don't we want someone to say, well, this is what the number of the beast is, this is who it refers to, and this is what you need to go and do with that information? Well... The thing about interpreting the New Testament, and especially something like the book of Revelation, is that it isn't always straightforward when you're looking at historical context. And one of the great things about interpreting the book of Revelation is that in order to understand it, you have to understand what kind of book it is. And the kind of book that Revelation is, is a book of the apocalyptic genre. In other words, it's a kind of revelatory discourse in which a sage, a seer, a prophet, someone like the Apostle John that's named in this text, receives a kind of mystery, receives all these revelations from God, and then reports them to humankind, and by their nature, these revelations are mysterious and coded, and they're supposed to make the individual read them carefully and go, aha, that's what that is, and that's what that is. I think one of the things that we can say clearly is that all of those fanciful and non-historical attempts to understand who the number of the beast is and to, to kind of pin this person on somebody other than a figure that clearly is meaningful to the writer are wrong-headed. And if we want to take Revelation seriously, if we want to understand what the book is trying to do, then we do need to look at it historically. And so the fascination for New Testament scholars and scholars of Revelation in looking at this is... Not just in trying to grab hold of another early text like we've got here where we have an alternative number of the beast, but also to take seriously the historical context of lots of what we have here in the book of Revelation. And I hope in future episodes of the NT Pod to return to this kind of interesting issue. Well, thanks very much for your company on NT Pod episode 8. I was thinking of waiting until episode 616 or even. 666 for this but i thought i might have to wait quite a long time if i did that a reminder you can find me on the web at podacre.blogspot.com you can google for ntpod of course or you can find ntpod on itunes or duke university's itunes u thanks very much for listening and there'll be another episode along soon Oh, and as Columba would say, one more thing. You can find expanded materials and program notes quite often on my NT blog. I don't promise to do it every time, but quite often I put extra materials related to the NT pod over on my NT blog. So please trip along over there and have a look at materials there if you want to uh, follow up on any of the themes we're talking about in the NT pod. You'll find me on the web at ntweblog.blogspot.com or just follow the link over from the NT pod itself. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you soon.